Environmental Management Center proudly presents the EMC Dialogue Series. We will be bringing to you informative and engaging conversations in the form of monthly podcasts with experts in the field of environment and sustainability. This series is an initiative to celebrate 25 years of EMC of practicing sustainability to the advantage of all. We are pleased to introduce the host for today's dialogue, Dr. Prasad Modak. Dr. Modak is a renowned environmental expert and the founder of Environmental Management Center and eConnect Knowledge Foundation. We warmly welcome you listeners to the very first dialogue from the series addressing the problem of urban air pollution in India. Joining us for today's conversation, we have with us Dr. Mukesh Khare, a chartered engineer and a professor at the Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi. Dr. Khare obtained his PhD in the Faculty of Engineering from Newcastle University, UK, and has worked in a wide range of environmental projects throughout his professional career. With a specialization in air quality modeling, Professor Curry's experience has covered research and development studies, teaching, consulting, modeling, and editorial activities. We are pleased to have you with us today, Dr. Curry. Joining Dr. Curry, we have Dr. Ajay Deshpande, a senior environmental professional with more than 27 years of experience in environmental governance, environmental policy and planning, and urban and industrial environmental management. Presently, Dr. Deshpande is working with the Asian Development Bank as a part-time member of its Compliance Review Panel. Dr. Deshpande is a former expert member of the National Green Tribunal and has worked with the Maharashtra Pollution Control Board. Currently, he is also an adjunct professor at the Indian Institute of Technology, Mumbai. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Deshpande. I would now invite our host, Dr. Modak, to please take forward the conversation. Welcome to this uh, podcast session. Today we have the theme of urban air pollution and its management in India. Thank you, Professor Mukesh and uh, Professor Ajay, to join with me today on this interesting topic of urban air pollution. I'm going to come to you, Mukesh, uh, first. And the first question I would like to ask you is that today urban air pollution has become a serious problem in India. Especially over the last 10 years, we all know that the city like Delhi has been undergoing very severe air pollution, especially in the winter times. And today, for example, we also know that city like Mumbai is also equally polluted, something with poor air quality values as close to what we often see in New Delhi. What are the major reasons, Mukesh, for such a steep increase in air pollution in the cities of India? Uh, good afternoon, everybody. The question of the major reasons for urban air pollution increase in last two decades, concentrated to expanding cities, are four or five sources which are exponentially increased in these decades. First of them is the emissions from vehicular exhaust, which are causing a heavy pollution of particulate matter of 2.5 size and nitrogen dioxide. Second reason which I felt is one of the major contributor to the urban air pollution in cities is the construction activity. Because India is expanding fast, 
its growth is really exponential. As a result, the cities are expanding. So therefore, a lot of construction activities, not only of the residential complexes, but also commercial complexes, the city roads, the flyovers, the national highways, you know, so all these construction activities became one of the major contributors to the urban air pollution. The third reason which I feel is one of the major contributor to the city's air quality deterioration in last decade is the solid waste management. You know that due to the climate change, the winters are getting very harsh, uh, which are, we are you know, experiencing for last uh, six to seven years. And that is the reason that many poor people have started using the solid waste as one of the fuels to keep themselves warm. So if you just go in the nights of the winters in the city, you find a lot of people, especially in periphery of the city, any periphery of the city, burning these solid waste comprising of not only leaves, but also the hazardous materials like plastics, tires, etc., which makes, uh, you know, uh, the air bad. It's not 20 or 100 or 200, it's in thousands within a city. And uh, the last reason which I feel is the traffic laws. It's also related to the vehicular exhaust. People are not following the traffic laws properly. They are not, their behavior of driving is very bad. We have heterogeneous traffic comprising of not only four-wheelers, but two-wheelers, three-wheelers, cycle, all together, known lane systems, lot of maneuvering. So that is making the emissions exhaust, you know, in nitrogen dioxide gas into the, uh, you know, atmosphere. And the last, uh, you know, factor which I can add it over here is unplanned and unbalanced land use planning. So this is a very important cause which is making the urban air quality bad and ex ex increase in the exposure to the human being. That land use planning is not proper and, uh, you know, uh, unplanned growth is taking place, which becomes, uh, you know, a threat to the air environment in the urban areas. So that's what I feel. Yeah, thank you, Mukesh. I mean, this is just telling us that there are so many diverse uh, sources of uh, air emissions. And also, I'm sure this would mean that one has to involve multiple agencies. If we want to tackle to this complex issue of urban air pollution. So let me come to you on that basis, Ajay, that then who has that responsibility to address this challenge and who is accountable? Yeah, in fact, uh, the reasons which just now Dr. Mukesh mentioned, they are, they are covering all spectrum of the development activity. And if you see the uh, legislative framework, particularly the constitutional provision, we must realize we have a fundamental right to have a clean environment, no doubt about that. But at the same time, all of us have a fundamental duty also to protect them. Many a times we try to overemphasize our rights than the duties per se. So what Dr. Mukesh lastly mentioned about the civic disciplines and all other things, I think they fall squarely in the ambit of our duties to clean to maintain the clean environment. 
But structurally, if you see, India is one of the first country which had the legislation specifically on the Air Act that came in 1981. And it formulated two specific boards, at, one at the central level and second at the state levels, individual at the state levels. And they have been given the express responsibility to maintain and to ensure that the air quality is within the prescribed norms. Nonetheless, certain safeguards are also referred in, in those legislations where individual person who is carrying out any activity or a process or an industry, he has to follow the norm. So basically what I would like to say here that practically every stakeholder has a responsibility. But over and above, this particular law gives provision prepare an air quality action plan. In such cases where the air quality is deteriorated, then the action plan has to be prepared and it has to be executed. And that's why these boards have been given very important and special powers to ensure that those action plans are properly executed. So it's a, it's a, you would call this as a responsibility of the regulator, such as the pollution control boards. I mean, I'm sure that in order that these action plans become implementable, there will be a need for a support or cooperation or a coordinated approach between different departments who are involved, including transport, for example, or the solid mm -hmm. waste management department of the civic authority as another example. So it is really a challenge in terms of coordinating, implementing of the action plan, implementation of the action plan. Uh, I think that is something which makes this uh, challenge little more complex. But then that the air pollution, like uh, Professor Mukesh, you talked about it, that over the last two, three decades, it has been growing. There must be certainly health impacts that all of us are facing, people falling sick, especially respiratory diseases. And then again, that may be causing outage in terms of working expenditures, increasing in terms of attending to you know the uh, to the doctors and getting medicines in some cases even requiring hospitalization especially those people who have asthmatic related disorders so my question to you Mukesh is that all this must be translating into some kind of an economic implication uh, have we carried out any such uh, assessment of the economic and social impacts of urban air pollution in india very good questions. Actually, my experience for the last 30 years in air quality has that very limited studies were carried out to assess the social and economic impact of air pollution. You can count on fingers. Inadequate data and limited number of collaborations between social scientists, economists and air quality experts is the main reason for the same. What happened in the last uh, you know, two decades or so, there is no systematic study carried out in India to see the social and economic impacts of urban air pollution because air quality studies have been considered as only the environmental concern. And that is why if you see any study, good studies have been done by many institutions and organizations and national laboratories in, in the country. but there is a lack of collaboration or coordination with any social scientist or medical uh, specialist or epidemiologist. And because of this reason only that uh, air quality has been considered as only environmental concern. 
health yeah. implications are not clearly defined in that. Right, right. Neither right. understood. Right. Now, Bukesh, on this one quick another question, yeah. that when we talk about the health impacts, isn't it the case that most of us are today indoors and uh, there is certainly going to be a role of indoor air quality while we assess the health implications of air pollution. So, where are we on that subject today, Mukesh, on indoor air quality? Yes, I was going to say that because when we talk of the health implications of air, indoor dominates the outdoor air quality health impacts. Because indoor air quality health impacts become a very limited area where the occupants are exposed. Though the pollution level or concentration may be uh, not as high as you find outside, sometimes it increases. I'm not saying that some pollutants like 2.5 or NOx may be more than that as outdoor. But because we spent a lot of time indoors, whether in office or in house or in school for the children, I think indoor air quality health implications become a sort of an integrated study when we talk of air pollution and health. It should be included in that. And unfortunately, you know, we have not yet so far done a, a systematic study, as you was asking. Coordination between the epidemiologists and doctors and the air quality experts, neither indoor nor the outdoor. So yes. that's the lack or gap in our yeah. air quality research. No, no, I think this is a very significant uh, observation uh, you are making. And it just tells us that we have to certainly, at the, at the national level, make an effort to look at the social and economic aspects along with the, like you said, the environmental considerations when it comes to air quality. But then Ajay, since you have been also in India's National Green Tribunal, whose responsibility it is to compensate the affected people and even not just the people, but the urban ecosystems? Like we all know the long-term impacts of air pollution on health, materials and vegetation what can be the role here of a national green tribunal when people complain? So, firstly, I would like to continue with the concern raised by both of you. But if you really see the provisions of the Air Act again and the real definition of the air pollution, the definition is directly linked to the health impacts as well as economical. In fact, our legislation is fantastic, but somehow as time has gone, there is certain gap or certain sort of rather confusion or I don't know, some, some something like a silo approach which has been taken between different specialists. And also there is a term which has been used as a comprehensive air pollution control action plan. So it covers practically all the aspects including the social and economical as well as the health aspect. But yes, there is a gap. But earlier, the only opportunity for the people to address or to raise their concern was through the public interest litigation. Because now having a clean environment is a fundamental right. But with the introduction of the National Green Tribunal, there is a specific provision in the Act, Section 15 actually, which talks about the such eventualities where people can approach the court for compensation in terms of environmental damages, including the air pollution. So if there is any incident of maybe gas, we are now reading also in the newspaper for last one year or one and a half years, wherever there is an accident or gas release or some, some sort of uh, gas leakages, 
Then the tribunal is intervening and ensuring that the people who are affected by that type of incidents are adequately compensated. I think time is not far where in fact even the urban air pollution can reach to the doors of the NGT and for seeking certain economic and other reliefs in the matter. But there are sufficient legal provisions in the National Green Tribunal. Thank you. Thank you Ajay for this. But then you know to respond to this challenge, Kesh, particularly I would like to ask you this because several measures seem to have been taken. Of course, stricter enforcement or asking for the use of cleaner fuels or also ensuring that the open burning of solid waste doesn't happen and actions are taken. But we hear particularly in Delhi, several you know measures which are like uh, using of the CNG, the compressed natural gas, restricting vehicles in certain areas on the odd even number basis of the plates and also phasing out of the old vehicles. We hear about these measures quite a lot, especially in Delhi. So what has been the ground level experience? Have these interventions worked and whether such interventions should be, for example, tried also in other cities? Uh, the experience in Delhi for these three main interventions which you had just mentioned, that is first is the CNG and then some stopgap interventions like uh, odd even and the third is the phasing away of the 10 years old diesel and 15 years old petrol vehicle. These interventions, it's, it's good and uh, the regulators and the policy makers thought that it will have some effect on the ambient air quality. However, what I would say that, for example, the uh, odd even was a stopgap uh, type of solutions. You know, they are not a very systematic approach which has been taken by the Delhi government. The enforcement of which is an obstacle to achieving the set objectives because this is a, the intervention which has been taken just in a 24-hour period time by the politicians. So setting up of a more stable systems with a strong institutional capacity instead of these temporary superficial solutions is the need of the day is the utmost requisite to combat urban air pollution. That's what I feel. Top gap solutions doesn't work for the country like India or anywhere else. As right. far as CNG is concerned, it is a good, it's a clean fuel. However, you see that there is an exponential increase in the vehicle count. So I think the benefit of the CNG is gone because of the increase in the number of vehicles in the city. So what I feel in the end, I should say that the intervention should be designed in a way that the public in some way is included in the decision making process. That's a gap, a big gap, which we are having at the moment. The decision making process is not including any stakeholders and citizens should be involved in that before any such decisions are taken because air pollution control and management affects not only the uh, you know the environment but also it affects the citizens which you have just asked in the last question the social impacts and also as well as the economic impacts right so right. because of these reasons the interventions were not proved to be much beneficial as far as air quality is concerned that's what i feel yes i think the very important point mukesh you made that we cannot go by ad hoc approaches and we do need a, a systems thinking to come up with something which can be synergistic, effective and at the same time sustained over a period of time. So in response to that, I want to ask you Ajay that India launched the National Clean Air Program, the NCAP, 
and i think the idea of the ncap uh, fundamentally was to come up with such a kind of a systematic approach looking at everything including the uh, institutional capacities the research needs you know the financing of such plans and also i believe central pollution control board came up with a template for all the non attainment cities to come up with an action plan now where do you see ncap in terms of the kinds of challenges we mentioned and some of the observations both of you made and where do you see are the implementation related challenges especially to meet the targets which ncap has set and what should be done then to address these challenges ajay please ncap program actually envisages a different level of public participation in fact that's actually one of the important feature it is a complete document in itself it has three different actions first is mitigation second is the knowledge development and third is the actual implementation involved so unlike the initiatives which are taken in the past it is basically a bottom up that is one one change i am seeing it the urban local bodies are involved in that the another important aspect we must consider is today we are talking about more than 130 cities which are not meeting the norm and this number is bound to increase with increased monitoring and also one side we are thinking about strengthening or rather tightening our ambient air quality standards at par with the developed countries because we are ambitious country so the point today is ncap is a very ambitious project it requires lot see any interventions we talk about like if we want to change the fuel you require a lot of infrastructure to change if you require if you want to provide mass rapid transit system or mass transport systems you require a lot of infrastructure like metro and others it takes time also it is not a overnight type of activity so there is a funding line which has been provided central government has assured funds and they have also put some sort of kras actually the performance will be evaluated for each of the local bodies every year and then only the funds will be released and they will be ranked out so there so there can be a competition something like swachh bharat and all other missions has but the biggest challenge is a technical challenge uh, technical when i say it includes social economic health and also the most important is resource apportionment because we have to target the important sources in the first go we can't do everything in first year so if we can catch certain low hanging fruits i think we will see a perceptible change and once that confidence is developed in the people that okay something is improving something is happening then it will get a complete motion in itself ncap is a really wonderful idea at the same time implementing is has to be in the mission mode you can't really have it a conventional programs what we used to have like safety and something other earlier also we had linear action plans but there was no funding line available so now there is a funding line available so that has made significant changes in thank you thank you ajay for talking about ncap it gives a kind of a feeling to me that a lot while we say has been done lot also still needs to be done that we can see ground level results on air quality improvement in the cities i don't think both of you tell me that i don't think we have example which we can showcase that a city which was uh, heavily air polluted has now improved its air quality and i think we don't have therefore many success stories to share that the air pollution in our urban areas can actually be tackled 
maybe during the journey of incap we may come across such examples and we'll also understand how such improvements were made possible by looking at a mix of uh, policy instruments regulatory enforcements maybe somewhere some incentivization maybe in some cases introducing innovation we are not touched upon in our discussion just now on electric vehicles but that also <clears throat> has been looked at as another strategy to tackle the local urban air pollution so i think time will tell us how our urban air quality management experience in our country will improve and we mature so that we in especially in the newly urbanizing towns we start taking few measures on a proactive basis so that situations of grave air, urban air pollution do not arise so i must thank both of you today for throwing light on some of these key questions i'm sure most of these questions are on everybody's mind on what's happening today as far as urban air pollution is concerned and what can be done and what is being planned by our government on a national level planned basis and i think the key message which i am taking out out of all this discussion especially when mukesh you also talked and uh, ajay you emphasize it's a participatory approach which is probably the need and also expanding the canvas from environment although there are provisions but to also explicitly look at the social their health related perspectives and the economic implications becomes extremely important i think that is an area apart from what you highlighted mukesh on giving due importance to indoor air quality i think are important are takeaways from this conversation with you so let me thank you once again and i hope that uh, our audience if they have any questions we will give you contact details of both the speakers you may like to write to them and connect with them if you are looking for more uh, information thank you thank you sir. thank you very much thank you very much dr curry and dr deshpande for joining us today for our very first podcast of the emc dialogue series it has been a pleasure hearing you both and thank you once again for sharing your invaluable insights and experiences with us to our listeners thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this podcast we will be back again next month with an equally interesting topic to learn more about the topic for the next month and the work we do at emc follow us on our social media handles and our website www.emcenter.com we look forward to your feedback and questions you can also drop us a line if you would like us to have a dialogue on a topic of your choice contact details and social media handles will be made available in the description to this podcast thank you once again for joining us until next month stay safe stay healthy